Welcome to the Election Ride Home for Wednesday, September 25th, 2019. I'm your host, Chris Higgins. Today, a summary of the impeachment stuff, what that impeachment stuff might mean for the presidential race, and highlights from last night's Republican primary debate, which, yes, are largely about the impeachment stuff. Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. All right, first up today, we have to do some groundwork for the other stories in the news. Late on Tuesday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi made it official. The House of Representatives has opened an impeachment inquiry into President Trump. In her announcement, she put the news in the context of American history, specifically the recent anniversary of the ratification of our Constitution. She also pointed out her long history serving in the House, creating many of the laws and positions that are key to recent events. Let's listen to a portion of her remarks here, and by the way, DNI stands for Director of National Intelligence. Listen in. This Thursday, the acting DNI will appear before the House Intelligence Committee. At that time, he must turn over the whistleblower's full complaint to the committee. He will have to choose whether to break the law or honor his responsibility to the Constitution. On the final day of the Constitutional Convention in 1787, when our Constitution was adopted, Americans gathered on the steps of Independence Hall to wait the news of the government our founders had crafted. They asked Benjamin Franklin, what do we have, a republic or a monarchy? Franklin replied, a republic if you can keep it. Our responsibility is to keep it. Our republic endures because of the wisdom of our Constitution, enshrined in three co-equal branches of government, serving as checks and balances on each other. The actions taken to date by the President have seriously violated the Constitution, especially when the President says, Article 2 says I can do whatever I want. For the past several months, we have been investigating in our committees and litigating in the courts so the House can gather all the relevant facts and consider whether to exercise its full Article I powers, including a constitutional power of the utmost gravity, approval of articles of impeachment. And this week, the President has admitted to asking the President of Ukraine to take actions which would benefit him politically. The the actions of the Trump presidency revealed dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections. Therefore, today, I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. I'm directing our six committees to proceed with their investigations under that umbrella of impeachment inquiry. The president must be held accountable. No one is above the law. Getting back to our founders, in the darkest days of the American Revolution, Thomas Paine wrote, the times have found us. The times found them to fight for and establish our democracy. The times have found us today, not to place ourselves in the same category of greatness as our founders, but to place us in the urgency of protecting and defending our Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And the words of Ben Franklin, to keep our republic. 
All right. So Pelosi lays it out. What she's saying is essentially, hey, the House already has a variety of investigations and lawsuits going on. Now she's making it official by tying them together into an impeachment inquiry. Now, we have to explore what the presidential impeachment process is, because this is something that is very widely misunderstood by the American public. A lot of smart people I know, including many friends on Facebook, think that the act of impeachment means removing the president from office. But that's not how it works. Reading from the definition in Wikipedia, which is actually surprisingly solid, quote, Impeachment in the United States is the process by which the lower house of a legislature brings charges against a civil officer of government for crimes alleged to have been committed, analogous to the bringing of an indictment by a grand jury. At the federal level, this is at the discretion of the House of Representatives. End quote. So in this case, Pelosi is alleging that, among other possible stuff, President Trump asked the president of Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden's son in order to help Trump in his re-election bid. Now we have to be clear, that is an allegation, not a proved fact. There are other potential misdeeds here, including withholding a whistleblower complaint about that phone call, and, oh by the way, all the alleged obstruction of justice stuff as detailed in the Mueller report. Okay, so what Pelosi started is an official inquiry. If this proceeds to find evidence, the House can recommend a trial in the Senate. If and only if the Senate votes to do so, the president, or whatever official is being impeached, can then be removed from office. Reading from Article 1, Section 3, Clauses 6 and 7 of the Constitution, quote, The Senate shall have the sole power to try all impeachments. When sitting for that purpose, they shall be on oath or affirmation. When the President of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall preside, and no person shall be convicted without the concurrence of two-thirds of the members present. Judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to removal from office, and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. But the party convicted shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to law. End quote. So, just to translate that again a bit, that means after a whole trial takes place, which could be as long or as short as the Senate chooses, two-thirds of the Senate has to vote under oath that yes, the case has been made and the officer, in this case presumably the president or maybe the director of national intelligence or whomever, should be removed from office. That is removal from office, which is a possible end consequence of any impeachment proceeding. You can imagine how hard that is to do under any political circumstance, much less the one we're in today, right before an election. No U.S. president has ever been removed by the Senate. Both Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton were impeached by the House and acquitted in the Senate. The most famous quote-unquote victim of impeachment was Richard Nixon, but he wasn't impeached. He resigned before articles of impeachment could be introduced. He saw it coming and he hightailed it out of there. And by the way, when that investigation started, it was very unpopular. So there may be some parallels between historical precedent and today. Okay, so that's the setup. Pelosi is saying she sees sufficient evidence to investigate, and if that investigation turns up enough evidence, then maybe it goes to trial in the Senate. Maybe. 
None of this is guaranteed, and none of it automatically means that any particular punishment is going to happen. All right, let's move on to the next part. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The next obvious question is, okay, I get it, but what does this mean for the race for president? This happens to be a podcast about the election in 2020, so that's kind of why we're all here. Today, it is deeply unclear what the heck any of this will actually do. And if anybody tells you otherwise, they are either offering an opinion or just making stuff up. The key thing that we can be sure of is this ratchets up the tension specifically between Trump and Biden. And that's because the allegation at hand has to do with Hunter Biden, who is Joe Biden's son. Okay, so first up, let me quote from an article in New York Magazine by Chaz Danner, Margaret Hartman, and Matt Steib. This part is about the allegations against Trump, and then we'll get into his allegations against Biden in a moment. Quote, The central allegation. In a July 25th phone call, Trump pressured Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky to investigate the business dealings of Joe Biden's son in exchange for unblocking U.S. aid to the country. Bloomberg has cast doubt on the claim that the former vice president interfered in Ukrainian politics to aid his son Hunter, but that doesn't mean Trump couldn't use it against his potential 2020 rival, end quote. And to summarize the Bloomberg reporting, Joe Biden did threaten to withhold U.S. funding for Ukraine unless it rooted out corruption. Specifically, Biden wanted a prosecutor in Ukraine to be removed because that prosecutor was not going after corrupt officials in Ukraine. And here's the kicker, that prosecutor had previously investigated an energy company in which Hunter Biden sat on the board. What that means is, Hunter Biden had a financial stake in whether that Ukrainian company did well, and here's this prosecutor going after that company, and here's Joe Biden saying, let's get rid of this prosecutor. Well, that sounds bad, right? And it would be, except according to the Bloomberg reporting, all of this happened out of order. By the time Biden actually called for the removal of this prosecutor, the investigation into the energy company had already been dropped by that prosecutor years earlier. So there was nothing for Biden to accomplish aside from what he said, which was he was trying to get this prosecutor to do his job and root out corruption. Okay, so that's the Biden side. Now let's flip back to the Trump side. The allegations are somewhat simpler. 
Trump withheld $391 million in aid for Ukraine, then had a phone call with Ukraine's president and asked for said Ukrainian president to investigate this whole Biden thing. The insinuation there is, you know, the money had already been withheld, so maybe if you make the president happy, that money might not be withheld anymore. The only reason we know about this phone call is that an unidentified whistleblower in the intelligence community had provided a complaint to the director of national intelligence, who is, by law, required to give it to Congress. But he didn't. After the Washington Post started reporting on all of this, the president admitted to a series of pieces of this puzzle. He has confirmed the phone call, confirmed that he raised the Biden issue, confirmed that he wanted Ukraine to work with his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, confirmed that he withheld money from Ukraine prior to the phone call, and probably some other stuff that I'm forgetting right now. Now, to make things weirder and a bit more damning, this morning a summary of the call was released. It is not a transcript, but it is a reconstruction based on notes and recollections. Even that thing by itself doesn't look great because it confirms a lot of the allegations against Trump. Okay, so back to the original question. What does this mean specifically for our election now in the primary and later in the 2020 general election? I can only speculate. It is too early to know. So let's put on our speculation hats and go from there. Obviously, the House going ahead with an impeachment process at all is a tectonic moment in American politics. I cannot overstate the importance of yesterday's announcement. This is a huge deal. This is the kind of stuff they write down in textbooks that students will learn about for the rest of the history of our nation. That is, assuming anybody still uses textbooks? Is that still a thing? I genuinely don't know anymore. Maybe it's all YouTube videos now. But the point is, those YouTube videos will now deal with this as a serious historical moment. Anyway, there are lots of people in this field today who are currently serving in either the House or the Senate. Gabbard is in the House, and she has been against impeachment as a general thing for quite a while. Also, Ryan is in the House, but he is in favor of impeachment. And then you have the sitting senators. Bennett, Booker, Harris, Klobuchar, Sanders, and Warren. Every single one of them is in favor of impeachment. So this is now at least an issue. It's an issue that will be all over the debates. It's an issue that may unite or divide voters. And it's a heck of a talking point for Biden. For Biden as a candidate, this serves to remind people that, yeah, he was very recently vice president. And yeah, he was out there working in foreign policy, in fact, fighting corruption on the world stage. So that might help him. If somehow the allegations against him turn up actual problems, then that hurts him. To be clear, I have not seen any evidence of that, but that's part of why you investigate this stuff. The other thing, and this is getting very speculative, is you have to wonder what Republicans in the Senate think about this whole thing strategically. They are already facing a dicey re-election bid with Trump at the top of the ticket. They are trying to figure out, like all of us, whether Trump can be re-elected or not. There is, in theory, and this is deep speculation, a scenario where an impeachment goes ahead, Trump gets removed by the Senate, and somebody else runs for president on the Republican ticket in 2020. Now, I highly doubt it, but if you're going to put on a tinfoil hat, that is a scenario to think about. And while you've got that tinfoil hat still on, keep in mind that if Vice President Mike Pence is also somehow implicated, then the line of succession for the presidency goes right past him to the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. 
I should also be clear, Pelosi pretty much had to be dragged, kicking and screaming into this whole thing by her own members. But she did go ahead and get it started yesterday. All right, please remove the tinfoil hats now. So that is where we are today. Well, technically this morning when I wrote the script and recorded this piece right here. The key thing to understand right now is that many members of this field are currently in a position to actually participate in the impeachment process as part of their day jobs. That's one thing. The other thing is that this is a new and substantive issue for them to discuss and debate. More on that in just a moment. All right, last up today, last night, Business Insider held a debate with two Republican primary contenders for president. They are former Illinois Representative Joe Walsh and former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld. It's important to note that the Republican National Committee did not sanction this debate, so it is unofficial, but frankly, I don't care. I just want to hear what these candidates have to say now that 10% of all U.S. states have canceled their Republican primaries or caucuses. First up, let's listen to the opening statements. Here is Walsh. Thank you. Thank you, everybody who came. Business Insider, thank you. Governor Bill Weld, it's an honor, sir, to stand on the same stage with you. Let me start like this. The president of the United States will be impeached very, very soon. The president of the United States will deserve to be impeached very, very soon. Look, let, let's let's cut through all the craziness, right? We're going to spend the next hour, hour and a half, as Anthony and Lynette said, talking about really important issues, climate change, trade, what's going on down at the border. But let's be clear, this is about Trump. This is about that guy in the White House. I wouldn't be standing in front of you. I wouldn't be standing next to Governor Bill Weld if Donald Trump wasn't president. Donald Trump is unfit. He lies almost every time he opens his mouth. He's a danger to this country. He cannot put anybody else's interest ahead of his own. I'm not debating Bill Weld. I got all the respect in the world for Bill Weld. Bill Weld, I believe, like me, knows and understands what the problem is. And the problem is an unfit president in the White House who took a divided country and is is dividing it even more. That's your time. We got to bring the country together. All right. And here is Weld. Let me add my thanks to Business Insider and panelists, uh, uh, moderators Fisher and uh, Lopez and Blodgett. It's a great thing you're doing. Uh, My name is Bill Weld. I'm running for president of the United States as a Republican. So what do you need to know about me since I'm running for president? Uh, I think all you really need to know about me is that I'm a very relaxed, calm person. And like the congressman, I'm comfortable uh, in my own skin, unlike uh, certain other people. Uh, And, uh, you know, I'm not scared of anybody. I was head of the criminal division of the Justice Department. But more to the point, I don't think anyone else should be scared uh, of anybody. And, uh, you know, I'm a great believer in releasing the energies of everybody in the polity and giving them all a stake in the enterprise of our shared democratic institutions. Uh, As the congressman said, it's no secret that the president is seeking to uh, divide us, uh, and it's really hateful. So my promise to you is if you elect me as your president, you never again will have to feel exhausted or tired on account of your government in Washington that's supposed to be serving you. Thank you. Yeah, and so moderator Lynette Lopez joked that it had been a slow news day, and after a bit more discussion, here is Weld going straight at what he thinks. It's important to note that this is a Republican talking about the sitting Republican president. 
there is some kind of constituency for this thinking within the party. It might not be large, and it might take some convincing, but this is a very compelling thing to hear from a Republican with long political experience. So listen in, and Lopez speaks first. Governor, you called this Ukraine business, quote, treason, pure and simple. Well, I think, I think the Ukraine caper by the president is some combination of treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. The one thing that's absolutely clear is that it's grounds for removal from office. You have a sitting president of the United States essentially selling the results of an American presidential election in which he's a candidate and rigging it in his favor against another candidate corruptly. Uh, the end of the Mueller report makes it very plain that any activity the president takes, this president, to benefit himself or his family politically or financially is a corrupt action. And, and this suspending the aid and then immediately calling up the president and saying, uh, do this to kill Biden. Uh, and meanwhile, $400 million is no longer there as of three or four days before the call. How stupid are we supposed to be? How stupid is the president of Ukraine supposed to be? He knows exactly what Mr. Trump is saying to him, and it's vastly illegal. All right. So the discussion was not all about Trump, though, of course, you know, it was a busy news day. I want to leave you with one more interesting exchange that includes both candidates talking about climate change. And I think some of y'all listeners will be surprised by what these Republican candidates have to say about this issue. The Republican Party is not monolithic on many issues, and these two candidates are proof. Okay, so listen in on this one. You do hear two different approaches here, and moderator Anthony Fisher speaks first. Listen in. According to a recent Kaiser poll, more than half of Republicans believe uh, human activity is affecting the world's climate. Younger Republicans are also increasingly concerned about the environment. Governor Weld, you just called yourself an environmentalist. What is your plan to win over the Republicans who still deny established climate science? My plan is to state what obviously needs to be done, which is to meet uh, the outcome that's necessary to avoid catastrophic uh, climate change. And that is to prevent global temperatures from rising more than 1.5 degrees centigrade between now and 2050. That's the injunction from the uh, the UN framework and, and of the Paris Accord. Uh, And it's very simple. We have to put a price on carbon upstream at the wellhead for oil companies, at the mine shaft for mining companies, uh, at the loading dock for LNG being imported. Even agriculture is going to have to pay uh, a bit. But you put a price on carbon, that has to be either a congressional statute or I think it's such a national national emergency that this might be the rare proper exercise of emergency powers. Do you think that argument will win over Republican voters? Well, it's just so clearly uh, the right thing. I mean, the, the other thing I say here is that the Democrats are off base because, like with the budget, uh, they're doing inputs. My plan will cost $16 trillion, that's Sanders, $1.7 trillion, that's Biden. And in between, and they talk about how much they're going to spend. They don't talk about uh, putting a price on carbon, which will allow the market to uh, lower the amount you, of Governor. carbon in the atmosphere. Congressman, is, uh, is climate uh, a concern of yours? Yeah, the Republican Party had better get on board or or they're done. This is the issue that concerns most young Americans. And I I don't want to sound like way too basic here, but the party's got to acknowledge the facts that it exists. And and too often Republicans, and this is an issue, uh, Anthony, where I've moved on, acknowledge that it's real, acknowledge that on this four and a half billion year old planet, the climate changes, and we've been on this planet for how long, and clearly we're impacting this environment. Just to get the Republican Party 
I know that seems like a baby step, but just to get the Republican Party to acknowledge the obvious is a big step. And if we don't, Anthony, if we don't do this, because this train's going, we won't even be at the table. And I don't, I don't want, uh, I, I have all the respect in the world for Congressman AOC, Congresswoman AOC, but I don't want a Green New Deal. I don't want the Democrats coming in and just re-revolutionizing the whole American economy through, through heavy hand of government. But if Republicans don't sit at the table and acknowledge it's a problem, that's gonna happen. Thank you, Congressman. I'd like uh, both of you to answer a very simple yes or no question. Just a yes or no, please. Congressman, hard. would you rejoin the Paris Climate Accords? No. Governor Weld? Immediately. Immediately, thank you. All right, so I hope that sparked your interest somewhat. There does seem to be room within even this tiny Republican primary field for actual debate and actual differences on issues. And certainly, lots of Trump bashing too. But I would love to hear at least a three-person debate with all the official candidates who are running. And we may pick up more candidates if the president himself looks like he's in trouble, given the recent news. There is a link in the show notes to the entire 90-minute Business Insider event, and I think it is definitely worth your time if you found those clips to be interesting. Well, that is it for one more episode of The Election Ride Home. I have been your host, Chris Higgins. You can always find me on Twitter, at Chris Higgins. Oh, wow. What a news day it has been. There is a bunch of stuff I'm pushing back into future days because obviously the news is moving fast right now. So stick with me. We will get back to policy and polling and fundraising and all that good stuff as soon as I reasonably can. But right now, to be frank, this is the story. This is pertinent to the election in huge ways, unpredictable ways. So I gotta cover it, and even giving it proper coverage might take a few more days. As always, thanks for listening, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.